This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, where Chris, this week, if you subscribe to the news feed, their letter they send you, which gives you uh, kind of a lowdown of what's going on in your local Zupan's, free daisies. Free? Who, who doesn't want free daisies at this time of year? You can never go wrong with free daisies. And you know, every week, whenever I go into Zupan's, I check my email to see what it was that week that or what it is. Yeah. Got free goat cheese, free pasta sauce. Free tuna. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's worthwhile to subscribe and shop at Zupans too. Mm, absolutely. Also, if you're reading the news feed, you'll see that there's the uh, the Zupans Dinners in the Breedsway at the Lake Grove store. Mm-hmm. And um, I got one that I can't believe isn't sold out as of this morning when I looked, which is a lobster and clam bake. Oh. for And so they're doing lobster, clams, and um, and shrimp. On May 26th, lobster and clam bake. Very nice. Hey, Court, do you have any things that you... I have some great things that I've discovered that every time I go to Zupans, I look for now. Well, I do know this. My wife has recently... She has... She's participating in this Whole30 way of eating. Mm -hmm. And we have found that Zupans is one of the best places to go to find the items that are part of that list. Like coconut aminos. Are you familiar with that? No. No, but I'll tell you this. Zupans has it. So if you're looking for those, if you're into Whole30, you know exactly what I'm talking about because apparently coconut aminos replaces- I'm into the Whole2. Right. Is it good? (laughs) Yes, eat it. I just had a couple of smoothies this morning. Yeah, I'll take one of those. But uh, yeah, so coconut aminos or a lot of the things that you're finding that are kind of hard to find other places, you can find at Zupans. Fantastic. Three locations, West Burnside, McAdam, and of course, Lake Grove, which we've been talking about or online at zoopans.com. Time once again for Right at the Fork and a classic episode of Right at the Fork. Yeah, there's nothing more classic than a guy who knows his cheese. That's exactly right. And as you are enjoying your uh, classic episode of Ride the Fork, I would encourage you to maybe, uh, you know, pull out some San Pellegrino, pour yourself a little bubbly water. I th- it's always good with cheese, I'll tell you. It's true. And so on the way, you might before you do that, you might want to head up to Cheese Bar mm-hmm. on Belmont, which is pretty far up there in the 60s, I guess, as you're going up the hill. Yeah. Uh, to uh, Cheese Bar, Steve Jones's place. He's our guest. He also, when we recorded this podcast, which was about two years ago, and maybe even a little maybe more. a little over, yeah. yeah. more than two years ago, he was on the verge of opening Chizu. And if you have not been to Chizu yet, Chizu? Ch- I would say Ch- Chizu sounds better. Chizu. If, you're not, <laughs> if you haven't been to Chizu, which is right nearby here downtown, yeah. it's really a wonderful experience. It's kind of the sushi bar experience, but with cheese. With cheese, and, which is a great way to experience a lot of different cheeses in one sitting. Right. And they're nice people there. Every time I've gone, it's been a nice experience. It's a good place to go solo or with friends and um, and expand your cheese knowledge, either there or Cheese Bar. I mean, that's incredible. And Steve, when we had him on the podcast, he had just won the National Cheesemonger competition that's right. as well. So yeah. I don't know if he's won it again since then. I, I'm sure they wrote, they don't keep choosing the same, they don't keep chisewing the same person. Right. No, that would be strange. Chisewing. Yeah. Um, but uh, his skills are nonetheless, his, his knowledge on cheese has nonetheless 
uh, it has certainly not diminished. It's probably been enhanced since we had this talk with him. Absolutely. But uh, highly suggest two things, three things. Going to one of those two places, you suggested pulling out some cheese right now. Yep. And, you know, someone might be listening to this at four in the morning. I don't know if that's the best time. Breakfast cheese? Sure. Breakfast cheese. Well, yeah. Come but, on. And grab some San Pellegrino while you're at it because yep. they're here to sponsor our podcast and we think that's a nice thing to do. And the last thing would be just to... Hang in with us and listen to um, listen to this episode of Right at the Fork. Share it and make some comments. That's number four. Mm. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans, on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove, and at Zupans.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for nearly 75 years, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape. And Ringside Fish House, in the heart of downtown, boasts the freshest seafood and an exceptional wine list. Both serve the world-famous onion rings that James Beard claimed to be the best he's ever had. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and ringsidefishhouse.com and make a reservation today. Join Right at the Fork host Chris Angelus for once-in-a-lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italo chef Jose Chesa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at portlandfoodadventures.com and find Chris's contact information there too. If you love food and travel, these trips are for you. And make sure to check in on local PFA events. And by San Pellegrino. Iconic, fresh, sparkling water with extraordinary Italian heritage is a refreshing way to enhance any dining experience. Ask for San Pellegrino by name next time you're having a great meal. Ever since its founding in 1899, San Pellegrino has been a premium brand synonymous with style. Good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm too long. So I will tell you, Heather and I were talking about your coming on, and uh, we're so happy about Chizu. Is that how you pronounce it? Chizu? Chizu. Chizu. Yep. Um, because we're both kind of on the west side. And so getting over to your place is probably, and I haven't seen you in a while, that's why. Uh, should have, because every time I've been to Cheese Bar, it's been a really nice experience. A couple of times left with some great cheese. Do you ever get tired of cheese? Nope. You can't. You can't be opening this and to give me the answer yes. But so, because I always wonder. You know, how does someone who's so passionately involved with one thing, and there are many aspects to it, it's not just one thing, but I, I always I always wonder if someone just at some point says, man, I just don't want to do it. I just, this is tiresome. <laughs> uh, I mean, you have moments where you're just like, I want broccoli, you know, mm-hmm. but it's... Of all things, you said broccoli? Yeah, just it's greens are what I crave when I'm not in, in into cheese. It's kale or broccoli or chard. It's, you know, something... Of that ilk, mm-hmm. is where I end up dropping. 
And you're not shaving any cheese on it. You just avoid no. it at that point. It's funny. I don't cook with much cheese. Everyone's always like, what are your favorite cheese recipes? I'm like- Really? Why don't you? Now, that's interesting. I, I'm kind of a purist. I just like to you know, pop it in my mouth. Just alone. Yeah. Crack- I mean, bread, well, crackers, maybe crackers. Yeah, bread. But and with beer, too. And wine. Beer's my favorite, for sure. Cider, excellent. Yeah. A lot of great ciders now going on. Yeah, and cider's kind of the, the big- uh, unknown out there but it's it's amazing it's it's so good with cheese it's got fruit it's got acidity it's got everything you need you know and there's so many different types of cider exactly. so when you're talking about cider it could be yep you got sweet you've got lot. funky you've got bone dry what are some of your favorite ciders while we're on the topic um uh cider riot is probably my favorite local producer right now mm-hmm. uh, abe is doing those uh, he's using a lot of traditional uh, cider apples from down around Yamhill, and he's just doing amazing stuff funky dry just you know, great food food beverages. Um, let's see. I really like Bull Run is doing a pear that's really nice, a pear cider. Um, so, are you um, encouraging cider at Cheese Bar right now? So, when people come in and they're, mm, what should I have? Are you are you throwing cider down? Yeah, we have one handle dedicated to cider all the time now. So, one of six tap handles is always cider. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it's you know the gluten thing, mm-hmm. but uh, they I think. The bigger thing is, is it's just, it's a great food beverage, you know, and, and Portland's is coming on so strong, you have to acknowledge it. So it's been, it's been fun. So you think maybe 15 or 16 will be the year of the cider? It very well could be, yeah. And I think um, CiderCon, I think is going to be in Portland next year. So that's their big convention. Yeah, so, I would imagine. So yeah. where's it been? So, uh, it's Chicago I, right now. Yeah. I just envisioned Vermont on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Not Chicago, but <laughs> that's that's where it's been. I think the last couple of years. So CiderCon this year or next I year? I think it's next year, 2016. Yeah. So 16 might be the year. Yeah. Of the cider. So that that's interesting. So um, so you've had Cheese Bar for how long now? It'll be five years in March. Wow, time flies. Yeah. I kind of remember when that was news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, five years in March, and so was Chizu the just where you had to go creatively from there, or how did that come about? It's funny people keep asking, and I'm like, where in the world did this come from? And I don't even remember the moment. It just kind of, I love sushi, and I love that style of ordering food, mm-hmm. and I just one day I think I was just like, man, you could this could translate to cheese so well, you know, because. I'm a little bit intimidated by the sushi process, but I, I'm not afraid to take two bites of anything. Right. So, you know, with that as an option, it just seemed to really make sense. So give me the, uh, you know, some people tuning in or listening mm-hmm. may have no idea what we're talking about. So, yeah, so Chizu is Japanese. the elevator speech or, a little, yeah. or the long elevator speech. Yeah. Well, Chizu is Japanese for cheese. It's the Japanese word for cheese. Which, and, by the way, is not a staple. In no, Japanese. but it's coming on strong. Is it? The okay. Far East is, is probably the fastest growing cheese curiosity region in the world sure because it had nowhere to go but up right? yeah yeah um but uh so why i chose to go that direction though is i i love that the vibe of of sushi i love the aesthetic uh the japanese aesthetic and i've always wanted to do this in a really small space so i i was looking for about five or six hundred square feet i ended up in 450 so it's it, it how also many, how many seats it'll be probably 15 so it's, oh, okay, it's that's a good number. Pre- pretty small, very intimate, mm-hmm. but it's it's meant to be that way, you know. And it's it's not meant to be dinner. It's meant to be you're starting your evening, you're ending your evening, you're between stops. 
that neighborhood over there in West End is just full of all these little bitty places that you can mm-hmm. just bounce from one to the next, and it kind of makes sense, you know. Are you right next? It's right next to uh, Montnahoma Whiskey. Yep. Fantastic. And when do you once opening? Should open in March. Okay, so yeah. shortly after this uh, podcast starts streaming. Yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah, I'm I'm gonna guess at that point when uh, right after that it's gonna be hard to get into. Probably for a bit, but I mean. It should be able to. It should turn pretty quickly. Is the nice thing too. So. So what would the menu look like? What kind of? It's going to be predominantly cheese. You're going to find between thirty and forty cheeses on any given day, and there'll be a cheese bar. We have about two hundred and fifty cheeses at any given time. So this is going to. Um, we're going to take the pardon the pun, but the cream of the crop, and take off about the top ten to fifteen percent. The very best cheeses are going to be the ones that come to Chizu. Mm. So when you come in, it's going to be everything's A+. plus. You know, you're just not going to find a cheese that doesn't blow your mind. Um, so very cheese-driven. It's going to be all uh, just you – can, you can be as simple as one piece of cheese, one one-ounce portion, and they'll be priced between 3 to $6 a portion depending on what the cheese is. And then you can add things to them. We're going to do like a, a wasabi peanut – we're doing a lot of kind of Japanese twists on things. Our pickles are going to be um, like ginger and watermelon uh, radish and uh, things like that. So it's going to have a lot of fun kind of Asian tweaks. But there will also be like a, um, a salami plate featuring like chop and Olympic provisions. There will be a, a And you're not going to be plate. rolling them together. We're not nope. going to be looking at like There might be like one, rolls. one composed cheese a day, mm-hmm. but I don't really want to make that. I don't want to be too gimmicky with it. I kind of want it to be about the cheese. Is anybody else doing this anywhere that you know of? Not no, I don't think so. But Wow. Yeah, it's That's that's exciting because it's not it really sounds like a it's it's not a crazy concept, right? It's the way you serve cheese at cheese bar, people take taste, not the way, but a lot of people are taking a little taste and, and right. buying some cheese, and this is a way, just a different way of doing it, deciding I'm this is what I'm doing. I'm not just going in to sample a few cheeses. I'm going to go in and have an experience. Yeah, and we're going to do, um, like part of the experience could be like omakase style, where you you, know, you sit down and you, st- you put 20 bucks on the bar and you say, blow my mind, and we'll, we'll take you to $20. You know, we're hopeful that people come in and, and lay 40 bucks down and say, let's see what you got. And we're just going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, in return, I'm going to say, are there any no's? You know, is there mm-hmm. blue, goat, meat? Are there any things you don't want us to do? Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's just going to be, let's, let's go. That's got to be exciting. How many people will you be employing over there? We'll have six employees, but it'll only be two people at a time because it's just so small. Right. So one person will be taking orders and serving drinks, and then one person will be kind of the the cheese sushi chef so do you you must anticipate that coming off of that experience people are going to be making their way over to cheese bar so it's a nice marketing opportunity as well to get people from west side to east side we're hopeful yeah yeah i think i don't think it's going to be that hard because what you've got you do it so well and it's so delicious and it's such a nice vibe i don't think and and if you bring that over to the west side that's going to translate to the east side yeah that's that's the hope for certain because cheese bar is my baby you know yeah this is its its little sister so give us a little um you and i talked a couple of years ago about it but a little background on your food uh history in portland how you got started and how you got to cheese bar um so you were not in cheese to start no no i uh i got an art degree in college a painting degree 
So I I'd learned to cook to pay the bills. And did it pay the bills? Yeah, it paid okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I paid the rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked I liked cooking. I still love cooking, but I um, I didn't I didn't love coming home at two o'clock in the morning smelling like fryer grease. And my wife liked it even less. And so I kind of I was like, well, I'm going to well, transition. Now you're, coming, now you're coming home smelling like cheese. How's that? Well, luckily she's a cheese fan. So. Oh, there you go. Um, but uh, I was looking to transition. It, and and I still love food, and so I stumbled into cheese. I was managing a delicatessen back in the Midwest, and I got to build the cheese department, and I just kind of fell in love with cheese at that point. And then I had the opportunity to open multiple shops in the Midwest, and I'd gone to culinary school out here in Portland, and I knew I wanted to get back. And when my wife finished her graduate work, we agreed to come back to Portland, and I came out and ran the cheese department at Provista, which is a big mm-hmm. local importer and distributor for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but I missed, I missed selling cheese. I love selling cheese. It's it's what I'm best at, and but, so I, I wanted to get from behind the desk and back behind the counter. But being at Provista also gave you the opportunity to meet a lot of people. Oh yeah, right, so. yeah. I mean, relationships that I count on now were formed then. And you've got some of the more solid relationships in town. I mean, there isn't there aren't many chefs. I don't think there are any chefs who don't know who Steve Jones is. Um, and everybody has got, uh, not everybody, but a lot of restaurants have a Steve's Cheese plate, uh, plate. They love you. Yeah, we've been very lucky for sure. We try to well, provide- it's more it. than luck. You're a good guy and you do biz- you know, you're a nice person to do business with. Yeah, and we try hard to give them a, a product that's you know, in superior shape and, you know, it's- yeah, that's that's been a very organic thing that kind of happened on its own the wholesale program, but it's been a wonderful advertising arm if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And it helps us just keep everything super fresh. Is it so it's not really a revenue producer for yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, we make money on it, but we don't make It's I, not enough to say this is the area we're going to really target yeah, in yeah. 2015. No, that's, that's a volume game and and I'm I'm kind of the opposite of that. I'm more a Let's see how small we can get instead of how big we can well, get. Well, this is why you, know? you got 450 yeah, square feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not always the best businessman, but, you know, follow, no, follow your heart, right? Well, you know, business isn't, especially in this town, it's, there's a different, a whole different dimension to business in this town, I think. Oh, yeah, I think people reward creativity without a doubt. It's rewarded, and it's also part of success, mm-hmm. whether you're able to be creative and, and be yourself and do it. It's it's living in the moment. There's a lot of living in the moment going on in Portland, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. And so uh, what you're doing embodies that. So so you uh, you went from, you were a Pro Vista and then... So uh, then I, I got, I ended up at uh, New Seasons for a couple of years. I thought I'd land there for like six months and reposition. Mm-hmm. And I got comfortable, you know, with the kind of easy job just working for someone else normal hours um but i knew all along that i wanted to start something else and so i finally left new seasons and went to work at park kitchen i went to scott dolish who was a friend they said hey i want to work front of the house and earn some money to open my own place and he gave me a shot and i'm a horrible fine dining waiter you know, Scott will tell you probably the worst worst waiter he ever had, but it was a great experience. I made enough money to kind of get that first chunk together. How long were you? How long were you perpetuating the horrible waiter? Uh, ex- uh, about a year. Okay, I but mean, I can't imagine you were that. You couldn't have been that bad. You couldn't have survived at a restaurant like Park Kitchen being a terrible waiter. Yeah, well, 
for that long? Yeah, I don't know. They were very forgiving. Well, yeah. I was really good at cleaning. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's not how, that's not really how you start in the interview, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell me about your front of the house experience. I'm excellent at cleaning. Yeah, man, can I mop? <laughs> um, but you know, it shows that you're a jack of all trades. Yeah, least. well, and it's. I mean, I still I still clean toilets at my current job. I, I tell my guys that I don't make you do anything. I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I do the worst stuff usually. But um, that's part of being that's a boss. Noble of you. Yeah, I think it's part of the deal nobody wants to do the crap work so if you do it they're like well it's i find and i I haven't worked at a restaurant here i've just been around them but it's very democratic oh yeah i'd say socialist yeah okay well all right you'll go to the next step but i i see a lot of chefs doing things that i just normally wouldn't think they're doing yeah um right down to i was somewhere last night uh watching a chef wash dishes yeah so that's the way it is. All chefs love to wash dishes. All small business owners who own restaurants love to wash dishes. It's the most zen activity you can have. You can just let yourself take something dirty and make it clean, and it's just very and rewarding. You know, it, it doesn't require a lot of brain power. No, it's like, for me, it's almost like taking a nap. It's just like, right. I'll, I'll just go wash dishes for like 10 minutes just to like- And there's flowing water yeah, and, and, a nice, and a nice result. It's good stuff. Oh, that's great. So, well, thank, thankfully you didn't become a professional dishwasher or mopper. Yeah. But yeah, then I went on to open uh, Steve's Cheese in Northwest Portland and mm-hmm. had that for five years. And that, I, were you ever in that spot? I don't remember. I was not. Okay. I did not I did not know you, or nor had I heard of you until you opened Cheese Bar. So that was uh, five years, and we were in the back of a big wine shop, little bitty 300 square foot area. And Which was good for them. Yeah, but it was in the back. It was, it was yeah, great. For, it was great for both of one us. One shop to get to you. Yeah, no, it was it was a good thing for both of us for sure, um, and it it helped us build our customer base. And you know, we still see a lot of those same people ten years later. Is the cool thing. I've seen a lot of kids grow up. You know, it's like wow, that kid is in college now. You know, it's really very cool. Mm-hmm. It's a, one of my favorite things about being a shop owner. Actually, is watching these families kind of grow up with us. It's very cool, very rewarding. Well, also a lot of the people that you uh, were with at Park Kitchen, I mean, that crew, oh, yeah, they, what they've done and their success. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty cool cool group that, that came out of there. And, and yeah, almost everyone has gone on to do something successful on their own. Yeah, Walt and, and John and... Uh, yeah, Jason Owens, Kevin Ludwig... Um, I didn't realize. Ke- yes, that's right, Kevin Ludwig. And when I when I said John, I John Stewart, uh, John Stewart mm-hmm. at Meat Cheese Bread, and Walt uh, Pine State Biscuits. Kevin, I mean, Kevin from Pine State. Oh, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. I thought Walt was no, Walt was not Kevin. Okay. Yeah, there's yeah probably probably ten or fifteen of us that have gone on to open our own stuff. Yeah, Jason Owens was front of the house there. You know, one of the guys from Simpatica. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of talent in that place. It was it was a lot of fun. A great place to work. Scott has uh, Scott has spawned. I don't know if that's a good word. <laughs> We're talking about food, yeah. but uh, anyway, a lot of people can. He's really mentored a lot of people and was mentored himself. Yep, as well in Portland. So it's really cool to see that kind of the generational thing in that aspect. Not just your customers, but all the yeah, it's you always your with. hope that your guys go on and you know do something great. Mm-hmm. If they can't be a partner, then they should continue to hopefully grow and do something great on their own. Do you think that's do you think that's a Portland thing or is it all over the place? I, I'm just thinking it's a little more 
pronounced here than it is elsewhere, but I may be wrong just because I'm here and I, I feel so passionately about this city. Yeah, I think we all wear uh, rose-colored glasses on that one. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's an industry thing for sure that, you know, your people are like your family. You know, you, you hold them near and you scold them when you need to. And um, it's, that's yeah, that's tough. I, I do think that we are definitely a very uh, pull-up environment instead of a push-down environment, though. You know, mm-hmm. even between shops, we have that. You know, there's there's not the arm's length here. There's the suck it in for a hug, you know. That's the kind of community we are. It's it's the first thing that impressed me that was very different than my East Coast upbringing when I came out here where, and I've said it before, but chefs telling you where to go mm-hmm. and meaning it, just saying you've got to go there, not just because you asked them, come on, is there somewhere else that I should be going other than your restaurant, but just willingly offering it and passionately saying, here's why you should go there. It's different than I've ever experienced anywhere. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's why people love coming here to eat. Because once somebody sits down in your place and they start talking to you, you find out they're from L.A. or something. You're like, oh, where else you going? Because everybody loves to share. And they're like, oh, you got to check out my friend's new joint. And, you know, it's, That's part of the it, reason we're doing this. It's, yeah, it's the same thing. It's great. And I remember when I, uh, uh, with About Face, when I was talking to Naomi. She, I didn't ask her. I didn't say, who else should I talk to? She said, you know, you need to, you need to meet Steve. Um, and interview him. And, you know, that's the way it is. And she led me to you, so we ended up talking, and I'm glad we, we got to do that. But I didn't ask her. Yeah. You know, she, she was promoting, saying, Steve's someone who should be highlighted. Yep. We, we love doing it for each other, you know. It's, it's great. Great community. Right at the Fork, Chris, is made possible from our good friends at Ringside Hospitality Group. Well, that would include Ringside Steakhouse Mm -hmm. and Ringside Fish House. And you'll probably, I would suggest everybody get on their mailing list. It's quite vast. You know, they've been around a long time, since way before the internet was here. So uh, for 75 years, they've been family-owned by the Peterson family. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also have some incredible things you'll find out about if you're on their email newsletter list. So one of those is uh, Mondays at Ringside Steakhouse. They have primetime Mondays. They offer a $35 three-course prime dinner while supplies last. Of course, they can only make so much prime rib, but that includes mixed greens. You get a 10-ounce prime rib with your choice of baked potato, followed by their creme brulee for dessert. You can also check out at the Fish House their Dollar Oyster Mondays. Where else can you get the best oysters for a buck a shuck, which I love to say on a weekly basis. So I've now got this the Mondays lodged in my mind for either Ringside Steakhouse or Ringside Fish House because I love oysters. I love prime rib. Yeah. Every Monday from 3 to close in the Fish House Lounge. You can also check out the Wine Down Sundays. Every Sunday, Ringside Fish House offering 50% off most bottles of wines from a wine list of over 600 labels. This offer is valid in the dining room only, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, the other thing you want to check out, which uh, my dear friend John Gorham of Toro Bravo brought to my attention a few years ago when I asked what his favorite things to, where his favorite places to go were, were the, were the happy hour oh, yeah. at, uh, uh, at Ringside Steakhouse after nine o'clock. I think it might be nine, but you can check. You can check yourself, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a late night happy hour and the stuff on the menu is fantastic. I just had... Uh, steak bites made nice and rare, a great Caesar salad, and a beer. 15 bucks. We're talking ringside steakhouse here. Wow. Very nice. You, you can't beat that. If you'd like to go, you can make reservations online, ringsidesteakhouse.com or ringsidefishhouse.com. 
Have you been to uh, Beast lately? Uh, I have two kids, man. I don't. <laughs> I don't get to do fine dining anymore. None at all. You know, it's hardly, funny. hardly. You know, I think. It's really interesting. A lot of people have kids or they have things going on. You can't get – the crazy thing about the city is you can't get everywhere. You can't yeah. get to everywhere. It, it blows your mind to think, I really need if – you, if you thought to yourself, regardless of the kids, I really need to get the beast, then there's a whole – once you put that in, 75, 100 other places oh, yeah. are like same thing. So how are you going to do that? It's almost overwhelming. But um, I haven't been th- I haven't been there in a while, but I've been to Expatriate, and some of the stuff they're doing over there is just it's, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. The cool little space again. Yeah, I just man, I love these little spaces in Portland, and they keep happening. Yep. So uh, so how's Cheese Bar doing? Good, good. Yeah, I, I think um, we saw holiday spending like we haven't seen in years. Really, people are definitely. I think the economy is getting stronger. People are, if not, people are just saying, screw it, I'm going to spend money again. You know, I'm I, w- I want to buy good cheese. Yeah. Um, so it's great. We're, I think at the five year mark, we do our job really well now. What like, are you doing better now that you weren't doing? I think everything customer service, you know, training, everything. You know, we, we, we're able to hire better people, you know, because we, we kind of have a name for ourselves now. So, Instead of going out and searching, people come to us, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But we also, we, we take the time to train better. I think we're just, we give better table service than we used to. You know, it's, we've learned a lot from our mistakes. So you, and you're going to take a lot that you've learned to cheese bar over to cheese. Yeah, and learn a whole new thing. I mean, right. it's, I'm terrified of the first couple of weeks. It's going to be a very terrifying that's why weeks. you probably didn't want to say exactly when you're opening. You want well, to be as slow as possible. No, but you want it to be a yeah. slow, slow opening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a couple days before there's a line out the door. You know. I wonder if there's a way to do that or whether you just open and just do some friends and family for a while. I think that's what we'll do is quietly let a few people in for a few days and just learn, learn our mistakes because I think that's – like I always tell my guys, I'm like making mistakes, no big deal, repeating it. That's the problem. Right. You know, we all make mistakes. Just learn from it, you know? Well, and in this day and age, you know, you can open up and make a couple of minor mistakes or not have the right things on the wall mm-hmm. and be reading about it, you know, in Yelp or Google reviews or oh, wherever yeah. it might be. Yeah, someone gave us a bad review on our T-shirts once. I was like, really? On your T-shirts? Yeah. I'm like, what was, wrong, what was I, wrong with the T-shirt? I have no idea. He was one of those guys that always gives bad reviews. So he looked you, at his other reviews. And do you read the bad. reviews? Do you- I don't as much as I used to. I find them helpful initially, you know, because sometimes you're too close to the problem. But right. now I'll look every couple of months and just be like, okay, do I have an employee who's being a jerk while I'm not there? Because that's mm-hmm. kind of a nice way to, you know, be a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. But I usually get the worst reviews. I'm, I'm the crouchy. Oh, I'm the crouchy. Hey, man, you're very hard on yourself. No, no, I get bad reviews. Trust me. Really? Yeah, go, go look. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to encourage people <laughs> to go look for the bad reviews about you. But uh, I guess on a on a quiet night might not be a bad bad thing to take you up on that. Yeah, take a look. Yeah, I'm sure that you're um, you and Nick Zukin are probably in different worlds on the on the Yelp. 
world. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, luckily Zick's one. <laughs> Zick. <laughs> Nick. Nick is one of my favorite customers, and I always I love reading his stuff. He's, he, he's so opinionated. It's great. Uh, you know what? He's I I think he's great, and this I've told this to other people and to Nick. You when you sit down with him, you would never know that he's the guy on Facebook or Twitter who's. You know, behind the keyboard, right? Is he's such a nice guy? Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to bring that yeah. up, but whenever the you know what he's done is, whenever any conversation comes up about Yelp or anything, that's where my mind goes yeah. is right to him because yep. he draws my attention to it. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think for someone who's opening a new place, it could be very helpful. Yeah. Um, and I know I've written in my life a um, couple of chefs with a couple of suggestions, and they've said, thank you for letting me know rather than going right to the internets with Yeah, that. exactly. Um, and others, maybe not so appreciative of it. Yeah. You know, not, not able, able to take criticism so well. It's an interesting... Um, There's a lot of ego out there, you know? Yeah, but less ego here. That's oh, what yeah. I, I kind of... That's what I thought, that there's less ego here. So if you t- try to be constructive with someone, yeah, um, they'll be amenable to it. But not everybody. I've learned that a couple of times. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I can understand the, where there is a lot of ego in it. It's a creative process. And when you've got creativity going on, much like you, what you do is very creative. It's uh, presenting some, you know, first of all, the, the background or the, the groundwork that has to go to decide what you're going to have in your store to uh, represent you. It represents mm-hmm. you, the product that you have. Um, and then how it's presented and, and the experience that everybody has that's uh, that's an inherent creative process. It's like a, it's different than a painting. You're actually in it, experiencing yeah. it. So you're going to get egos. Uh, you're going to get egos sometimes, and sometimes people know what to do with it, and they don't know what to do with it. But I think it's a good thing. I think that people are passionate and don't always make the right decisions. That's okay. Yeah. You know. But at the end of the day, it's just food. You know. Well, yeah, that's true. But the, at the end of the day, we go to the next day and we have to eat it. Yeah, it's yeah. not, you know, you can't say as a uh, a sports fan, I won't even go into the ducks, but you can't say as a sports fan, oh, it's just a game and then never have to deal with it again uh, or necessarily. You cannot watch it for a while. Food, you have to yeah, deal you have with to the eat. next day. So, yeah. and I don't know why I'm going into that. <laughs> I have no idea. That's crazy. Um so, uh, what's exciting you now in Portland more than anything else? Have you, and you're not getting out that much, so maybe it's about what you're hearing about that's going on. Yeah. I mean... You. You know what's exciting you? Chizu right now. That's about <laughs> it. You're probably completely focused on that. Well, it was funny. You, you mentioned, like, where are you going and stuff. And so, like, the list I came up with in my head is all that, I call it construction food. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the places you eat quickly... Like in between jobs, you know, and so I've been I've been going to those places more, and definitely I have a handful of places that I I've been pumped about that have made the construction list. So what are the construction? So lists? What's- lots of sandwiches, you know, because you can eat them on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been to uh, what's it called? Knuck- Knuckle sandwich no. on Burnside? No, but. Amazing sandwiches. It. Yeah, you got to go. They're like, you would never think it was a great place. It's a little teeny hole in the wall. And you walk in, there's no decorations whatsoever, but the sandwiches are dynamite. What what sandwich did you have? I'm trying to remember. I'm, it's I'm been the a, same it's way. It's just been a blur I'm the of same sandwiches. Way. I just lately. remember I loved it, and then I got to get back. Yeah. My mom used to keep a diary 
nice of every meal that she ate and what my father ate and the impressions. Wow. And I said, why are you doing this? Uh, well, if we ever go back again, I want to remember <laughs> it. And, you know, I am often, I will often say, like, I had something fantastic. And if it sticks out, I'll be able to remember right. it. But there are some amazing things I've had that I can't remember. And something as simple as a sandwich, you know, I can remember, I can remember some. But it's, <laughs> but it's hard. Uh, it's hard when you eat so many things and there's so many things out there to recall them all. So anyway, some other construction food. Yeah, um, so uh, uh, Boxer Ramen is really mm-hmm. close to my new place, so mm-hmm. I've hit that a couple times. Super fast, I think, you know, great quality, and very satisfying, you know, when you've been in a cold place working for a little bit. And also, I'm trying to suck up as much Japanese vibe as I can, so I hit a lot of little Japanese spots just quickly, just being like, okay, what or pseudo-Japanese spots, and you know, in a lot of the Portland places, you know. What about the food cart pot over there? Um, I'm not really a food cart guy. And what's the reason for that? I'm a brick and mortar guy. So it's a, it's a support thing. It's not necessarily a, I don't want to eat out in the cold. Yeah. Well, and I hate being cold when I eat. Right. I don't it's, like it's it either. It's a pet peeve of mine, actually, in a restaurant. I don't like having to go eat in my car either. Yeah. yeah. That's not a yeah. pleasant thing. I mean, there are a lot, there's a lot of great food being made in Portland food carts, and I occasionally will eat some, and some of them are good friends of mine, but I'm, I'm a brick and mortar guy, and I try to support my guys who are paying those outlandish taxes and everything and, you know, spread spread it out. So for people who, um, you know, they had to pay their dues in the food cart, then they get to the, f- the brick and mortar and then you're- I love it. Yeah, that's that's great. That's the direction that I love to see people going in. Like Nong's, you know, I was like, yes, you made it brick and mortar, you know. I think it's a, it's a great incubator. Yeah, and there's a lot of incubation going on. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because there are, you know, so many- I wonder if there are enough people to support the whole system in terms of good service or decent service, um, because there are, how many people are in those carts that could be doing something else? Not that they should, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's a there's a lot of service that needs to go around, and also customers as well. Yeah, right. So, yeah, both of those are are tough. Yeah. yeah, and service is definitely one of the things that lacks most in Portland. I think we're getting better at it, finally. I think, you know, people have kind of demanded better service, and chefs are rising to that a bit, you know. Well, I think it takes a little time, but yes, mm-hmm. the, the bar gets raised little by little, and uh, then, you know, some of, the, some of the lesser people who can mop pretty well, but don't, <laughs> they're off to <laughs> other ventures. <laughs> yeah, the open cheese shops. <laughs> Our friends at San Pellegrino would like to shine the spotlight this week on Paley's Place. Now one of the institutions of Portland dining, Paley's Place planted its roots in Portland in 1993. Paley's Place has always been on the forefront of showcasing Oregon's local bounties and blends it with Chef Paley's Russian and French influences. Many of the chefs who've made their own marks in Portland have honed their knowledge and skills in the Paley's Kitchen, including Gabriel Rucker, Jason French, Ben Bettinger, Kristen Murray, and Doug Adams, just to name a few. Kimberly Paley oversees the beverage program at Paley's Place, and it's a great place to imbibe in superior local Pinot Noirs and international wines. But don't forget to enhance your meal with a sparkling bottle of San Pellegrino at Paley's, or anywhere. And check into sanpellegrino.com to see where the best chefs in the world recommend that you dine. Here in Portland, San Pellegrino suggests you make a reservation 
soon to enjoy the best in Portland dining at Paley's Place. Um, but uh, have you been to Lardo? Over, uh, in yeah, the- I, oh, I love it. Yeah, Rick's such a good guy, and you know, old friend of mine. Um, yeah, what did I have? I had a uh, full wrench dip, full mm-hmm. pho, full wrench. He's dip. Pre- you know, I don't know if it's him. I, it probably is. Who's who's doing all the plays on words? But he just started the egg Rick muffin. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. So. It's kind of like Bob's Burger. You ever watch Bob's Burger? No. Oh God! Next time you can't sleep, watch Bob's Burger. No, I haven't. He, he has a, he has a different burger every day with a funny name. That's oh, okay. But uh, but no, the the faux wrench dip was really delicious. It was basically deconstructed pho into a sandwich. Yeah. No. And, and who, was that it. was that a chef witch? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to remember who it was because you, yeah. you would have come up with it yeah. right off the bat. Um, but that's nearby. There's a lot to there's a lot to uh, going on in your new neck of the woods. Oh yeah, tons. So tons. How, how long? What has the process been like to open a new place for anybody who's doing that? How long did it take? When did you start looking for space? Well, the really funny thing is, I started looking for space in this neighborhood. Probably two years ago. So you identified the neighborhood. Yeah, was, I've been wanting to be in West End for a couple okay. of years. But I looked, I talked to people a couple different times. I never could get the space that I wanted, the price I wanted. And so I just, I, I'm not in a hurry, you know. So I just waited. And then one day Greg Goodman calls me up and he says, hey, you want to see this spot? And I came over and I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's too small. But I brought my design guy down and he and I kind of well, paced it out a couple times and we're like we could make it work and so that started the ball rolling that was um we talked first in november and i signed the lease on christmas eve so it moves pretty quickly moved really quickly i got a letter of intent from him before i signed the lease so i got all my licensing ahead of the lease being signed even because i felt we were going to make it happen. It and was you've just, done this before, yeah. so you know where the pitfalls are. Yeah, you know, it's going to volley a couple times, blah, blah, blah. You get get beyond it. Um, yeah, so we, we should have our OLCC license by February 15th to March 1st. So that's really will probably be the last thing we're looking for, hopefully. I guess there is no reason to move slowly. You've got, you've got to start Man, paying. You start, you start paying rent. <laughs> start paying rent, yeah. and uh, you move as quickly as you can. Are you looking beyond one location for this, or do you see this is something you could do elsewhere? There's a or would little... that be for Cheese Bar, or what? No, if I were to redo it, I would do it with the Chizu model. If, if I can look into my crystal ball, I think that this is the one that's repeatable, and there's definitely already been interest. People in LA have expressed interest, and it's it's got a life already. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's I'll do it. It's gotta be hard for you to talk about it because you're. Well, let me let's see how this goes, and then yeah, we'll do as much as we can to perfect it to a certain degree. But I don't know if you heard. I have another venture going too. No, I didn't so know that. We're doing a food service for the Commons Brewery at their new spot. Mm-hmm. So they're opening a opening a new fifteen barrel brewery at Seventh uh, and Belmont. So Cheese Bar is going to be uh, the food service for the entire tasting room. Oh, okay. So cool. it'll effectively be. Well, there you go. Another another little Cheese Bar experience. Oh, great! So, so you're not looking to duplicate what you, the the experience you have up there, kind of n- it, different nuances. I mean, the one th- the biggest thing that I've learned from Cheese Bar is how labor intensive that equation is you know you get an amazing experience because 
it takes a lot of effort. So I'm trying to make a equally fun experience that is less labor intensive. So how old are your kids? They're, they'll be eight tomorrow and five in two more weeks. So, so almost that's eight, labor, almost five. That's labor intensive oh, too. Yeah. So you're yeah. adding a lot to your plate. And so how do you do that? How do you balance you, that? You just give up sleep. You drink a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, it's a lot of 18 hour days and it's just, it's how you do it. You start early, you work late, you don't see much of your kids for a few months. But I mean, the return hopefully is I see a whole lot more of them in a couple of years, you know, and as they get older, we can get out and do more and more fun stuff. So it's an investment. It's just a time investment, but it's worth it. But at some point, do you see, see, I think it's, you know, you do one thing, then you have this thirst or desire to keep going. So, and that's all personality thing. So I don't think many driven people who are successful want to stop. So I wonder, you know, at some point, do you actually go, okay, I've got everything squared away, I can be away, or are you going to look for the next big thing? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I've never been in a big hurry. The only reason I got in a hurry on this one was it was the perfect spot. Right. I mean, if you had given me a map two years ago and said, where do you want to be? I would have pointed at that spot. So I hurried for that one. And the Commons has been cooking for a year plus. Mm-hmm. And so that was going to happen anyhow. But I'm, I'm never in a huge rush to get to the next thing. It's, you know, what I got going is pretty good. I like most of my life. So are you getting to, getting out there to just uh, breathe and enjoy yourself and enjoy Oregon? Uh, not necessarily Portland and the restaurant scene, but are you getting out? Because we have such a beautiful state. Yeah, yeah. You need to do that. Yeah, and with the kids, we definitely, we'd love to take them out to the coast and and uh, up to the mountains. Yeah, no, it's great. So and, where do you go with the coast? Uh, we love Newport. You know, the beach is great. The aquarium's great. And then there's now, I mean, the nice thing about the coast is you're getting some decent restaurants now too, which, you know, 10 years ago we didn't have. So that's really cool. I love eating at uh, local oceans out there in, in mm-hmm. Newport. And, um, it's one of my favorite spots. It's it's like one of my favorite restaurants in the whole state. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, we always go. You always wait. Who cares? You know, no, you, you got to wa- go at the right times. Yeah. Do you ever sit sit at? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever sit at the chef's counter? Uh, no, because I have those two kids again. Right, but they have four seats. Yeah, I know. So they're just they well. Yeah, you contained. can. That's not good for that. Yeah, you got to have them down closer. Uh, you can't put them like that. So uh, that's great. And getting out to the. It's good to get a breather once in a while. Oh, yeah. I think I drive out there a lot. And the time spent on whichever route you take is time well spent. Yeah. Because it, it enables you to think when you're going all the time. Sometimes you miss yeah. opportunities. Yeah. And we go out to the gorge a lot. I'm a big mushroom hunter. So I take both the kids mushroom hunting as much as I can. Has this been a good year for it? I did okay with Morel's. Uh, and in the spring, I did okay, better than I ever have in Portland. And uh, Chantrell's, I had a couple of great days, but the season was really short. We got that freeze, and it kind of mm-hmm. was, and then it came back, but I didn't get it get back out. But, but I love it. That's my favorite thing to do is just walk slowly in the woods, even if you don't find anything. It's, yeah, no, it's I think that if you're going to not be successful, that's a good place not to be successful. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like bobber fishing. Who cares? You know, you're sitting by a river. Do you go fishing often? I no, don't. I'd no, like I'd, to. I'd love to. It's, yeah, I, as, as my boy gets older, he's definitely expressed interest and 
Well, I'll take it back up. So what's he, is, what's he into? Is he into sports or? Loves bike riding, swimming, but he's a, he's a thinker. He's a more of a book guy. It's, it's good. He gets it from uh, his mom. Are you a big reader? I, I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the, I, I kind of asked that question knowing what the answer would be. Yeah. I, I, st- I mainly just read professional periodicals anymore, you know. I read about food. So speaking of profession, how the uh, national cheesemonger champion, what did that do for you um, now that the dust has settled? I mean, it definitely that? gives you some validity. Um, but you had it here. I was just wondering what it did for you. I guess nationally it got you some recognition. But locally, I don't, you know, I don't, everybody thought of you as the cheese champion anyway. Yeah, it, but it definitely doesn't hurt, you know, and, and nationally it's great. We, I mean, our brand nationally has been getting stronger for years. Our community is super tight nationally. So, you know, when you go to the American Cheese Society meeting, it's 1,500 of your best friends, you know, just eating way too much cheese and drinking way too much beer. But it's like the best week ever. You know, everyone's just like, oh. Have you ever, you ever thought of doing a... Curating a cheese tour? You know so many yeah, people? Yeah, actually, um, I'm involved with one um, that uh, there's some people out on the East Coast uh, who are doing an Oregon cheese tour uh, this fall, and I'm going to be the special guest monger on that tour. Oh, great. So, That'll be fun. Yeah, it's been something I'd love to do. I'd love to take people to Europe and visit producers. and As the kids get older, hopefully that'll happen. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so, cool. Hopefully, yeah. Hold that thought. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm enjoying the idea of expanding just eating to the travel experience as well. Yeah. And I think they go hand in hand, right? Without a doubt, yeah. At some point, and I think, and I think one of the beautiful things about Portland is people appreciate that. And I think we have a, one of the highest indexes of travel, uh, travelers in the country. And I think even on a... Much like the uh, the percentage of dollars spent on dining here, it's the same thing with travel. People aren't, you know, they're spending a high percentage of their probably not as large income as other big cities to go have experiences. Right. Yep. So that's all. Uh, that's all fantastic. This experience I appreciated. Thank you so much for coming while you're really busy. Oh, I for know, sure. Uh, I'm glad you were able to uh, find a little a little bit of time to come in, and we'll look forward to. Uh, new experience at Chizu. Cool. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 